Welcome to the Intentional Influencer Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Meg. And we are the creators of the Intentional Influencer. Our mission through this podcast and everything we do is to create a nurturing space for women to gather, learn, and intentionally grow their influence as a community. This podcast is for you if you're a new business owner or creator, struggling to show up online in a way that feels authentic and genuine. Or maybe you already have an online presence and you haven't quite figured out how to turn your following into a full-time gig. We get you and we've been there. In this podcast, we'll cover topics ranging from navigating the overwhelming world of social media to establishing systems and structures that allow you to build a thriving business. We'll also touch on managing the emotional ups and downs of being an entrepreneur and finding a way to do what you love in a way that you love. All right. Hi, Hillary. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Meg and I are so excited to chat with you. Um, for those of you don't, who don't know Hillary, I met her a couple of months ago when she came to me as a branding photography client. So Hillary, before we, we dive into all things advertising, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you founded Wesley and James Marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my entrepreneurial journey has technically just begun. Um, I've only formally launched my business this year, but I've had a long journey coming to this point, which I think will sound familiar to most entrepreneurs. Um, like a lot of people in DC, I spent more than a decade working in the federal government. Um, and I was you know, super fortunate to have really amazing and impactful experiences during that time. Um, you know, But I was kind of looking for some work-life balance after several years of a really intensive job. And then once I transitioned to the private sector two years ago, you know, sort of the, a, a double-edged sword. I didn't really feel as kind of emotionally or intellectually engaged as, as I was before. And I just wanted to find, you know, more of that spark again of kind of connecting with, uh, you know, more of the world, honestly. Um, I've always loved travel since my first study abroad in college. Um, and then kind of got to see firsthand in government how, international relationships relationships can actually bring us together. Um, and so just launching a business to be able to kind of combine those things and help sustainable travel providers amplify such an important message to bigger audiences. I mean, it's just been a dream and I'm just really happy so far. That's awesome. So what kinds of companies have you been able to work with so far? Um, kind of a broad range. Um, and obviously, you know, I, I really gravitate towards the travel providers, but genuinely any kind of sustainable or purposeful business is someone that I'm really interested in working with. So for example, you know, one company that I'm working with, even though it's not travel focused, they're handmade sustainable furniture makers in Northwest Montana. You know, it's just such an incredibly interesting story of people who have been able to craft their lives and do exactly what they want to do has been super interesting uh, all the way to now I have a client who uh, after the pandemic is looking to relaunch um, like Broadway themed cruises. So it's really a spectrum. Um, and that's what I really find so interesting, particularly in advertising. I mean, you really find just anything that you're looking for in the business world. That is so awesome. Oh my gosh. I, I feel like, I feel like Amanda and I like hear, I love hearing that you're being picky about who you're working with and that you've chosen to work with like sustainable brands that have a mission that you feel aligned with. I feel like that's so important as opposed to just, 
you know, working with anyone and everyone, which I feel like a lot of times entrepreneurs jump into the business world and they'll kind of just, we just kind of take anything. I love how like mission driven you are. Um, Amanda and I talk a lot on here about like organic marketing and ways that, you know, brand new entrepreneurs can get started with organic marketing. You are an expert in paid advertising, which isn't something we touch on that much in this community. Can you talk a little bit about like the services that you provide uh, and for people who are totally like brand new, what are paid ads? Can you share about like what kind of paid advertisements you, you actually run for these companies? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, right off the bat, what I want to say is that, you know, organic marketing is fantastic. And, you know, these things work hand in hand and are mutually reinforcing. Um, This is something I really like to tell potential clients because I think um, sometimes there's this perception that it's like magic and, you know, you just pay the money and the sales are going to roll in, but it's really kind of two sides of the same coin. Um, you know, one quick example, um, a client that I worked with was selling tickets to um, an in-person event and they saw really fantastic success with their paid advertising, but they were also engaging with their organic social audience the entire time. They showcased the vendors that were going to be at the event and they had giveaways associated with it. And so when potential guests saw the ads and they click on it and they go to your content, that's when they can see that you're a really authentic and engaged brand. On the other side of the coin, I mean, I think we've all been there where you click on an ad or a product and you go to the website and like there's no about us page or it's not clear how you buy from them. And you start to wonder, like, is this even a legitimate brand? And you kind of navigate away and you don't make a purchase and and you move on. And so I always kind of reinforce with my clients that these things only help support one another, both your organic marketing and your paid campaigns to be even more successful. So just want to make that point, yeah. um, you know, on, on the types of paid advertising in general. I mean, honestly, you can advertise nearly anywhere in print or online now, right? Um, but my biggest recommendation is for folks to think about where your ideal clients hang out in general. Um, you know, if you frequently work with professional brands or are kind of selling business to business, LinkedIn might be a great place for you. If you're, you know, looking to target really specific niches, like foodies or interior design fans, you know, maybe Pinterest might be somewhere for you to go. Everyone's familiar with Google ads. All of these platforms offer advertising opportunities, but I would just say to kind of think very specifically about where you think your ideal clients are going to be to make sure you're spending that money in the right spot. Yeah. I love what you said about how it's not this like magic fix because I I have, I've had, I've had personally had clients And I've had entrepreneur friends who've done like the panic move, like, oh my gosh, nothing's working. So I'm going to jump into paid ads. And I usually, not knowing that much about paid advertising, recommend once you have a system in place that is working, let's like supercharge that with ads. Yes, exactly. You're looking to scale an offer that's already working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Uh, you know, I dove into ads a little bit this summer, uh, and it's funny because the last time I had ran a Facebook ad was several years ago when I was first starting my business. And for whatever reason, I remember at that time it being really easy to navigate and figure out how to set up. And this time when I was going through the advertising system within Facebook, it seemed like things were much more complicated Um, and it was really hard for me to figure out and even get something super basic running. 
Um, when do you recommend that somebody outsource to an advertising professional versus trying to do it on their own? Because it seems like things are becoming more and more complicated with these different platforms. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, you know, I hate to say it, but I think sometimes even like a platform like Facebook, um, more and more you've seen them, I think, sort of advertising themselves to small business owners, trying to get them to engage on the Facebook ads manager platform. And they want it to seem like it's so straightforward, but it's really not. I mean, you're exactly right. It's only gotten more complex. Um, A lot of people have heard about the changes that Apple's been making to their operating system regarding tracking, which was the way that Facebook to this point always used their platform to reach people with ads. Um, And so it definitely is complex. If you've tried running Facebook ads and you're super frustrated, you are not alone, I promise you. Uh, Everyone's feeling that way. So, um, you know, I would think about um, particularly what is your marketing objective? If you are a new brand and you're just trying to grow, say, for example, um, you know, reach and engagements and brand awareness, I think this is a great way to kind of DIY. You're just looking to get more eyes or more engagements on your posts, or say you have a blog um, or some content on your page and you just want to draw more eyes in, you know, that's, that's definitely something that's pretty straightforward. I think most people could manage, but I think if you are looking for something more complex, um, particularly if you sell something that's not directly purchasable through a website, that's much more difficult to track, right? So even if your ads are doing great, you might not be able to tell, you might need a little extra help with that. Also, if you're looking at a really long-term marketing strategy, you have uh, different products for different quarters, or you know, you're thinking about seasonal sales, uh, something that has a broader marketing strategy, you might want a little bit of extra help with that. Um, and I would say too, like, let's be totally transparent about like budget, right? You know, I, I'm also a business owner. I don't like to waste money. Nobody likes to waste money on their business. And so I think we need to be really honest about how much do you have in your marketing budget for paid advertising? Um, and then some of those other things we talked about with organic marketing. If some of that rings true to you, that money might be better spent, say, with a copywriter or on SEO for your website or some other steps that might get you in a better place first to, to make your paid advertising even more successful when you're ready to launch. So those might be some of the things I think about if you're trying to decide whether to start with DIY or, or outsource some help. That's absolutely. Absolutely true because paid advertising, like you said, it, it works hand in hand with the organic marketing. So if your website isn't up to par, if your copywriting isn't strong, if you haven't really refined your offer, you know, having eyes um, coming to your page from these ads is great, but you might not be able to make that sale. Exactly. Yeah. I've also I've also found that um, a lot of people will jump into paid advertising when they're not really sure who they're trying to reach. Do you, do you find that a lot, Hillary? Like when people come to you, what, like, where does the process start when you start working with a new client or a new company in terms of like helping them reach their people, helping them like get their offer in front of the right people? Do you find that a lot of them have their audience refined or you kind of have to help them through that? Yeah, that's a great question. And such an important point because that's one of the pros of particularly social media advertising is the strength of the ability to really specifically target an audience. Um, And I think most businesses, obviously, when you go into business, you have an idea of who you're trying to serve. But I think um, sometimes, particularly with ads, we might make assumptions also about our our target audiences, what we think they might like, 
when we put the ads out and we test it might not actually be what performs. Um, and that's also one of the strengths of having, you know, kind of an expert to kind of take that off your hands and sort of like test everything for you, get it in a great place and then launch the best campaign possible. Um, but my process specifically, I do kind of start out working with all of my clients um, with a strategy session in the beginning to talk about your objectives um, for your marketing, but also I provide a questionnaire that walks you through your brand and really drills down, you know, if your brand were a person at a party, how would you want someone to describe them to a friend? Um, you know, what would you want someone walking away with? What are three adjectives that you'd want them to have? Um, this, you know, I think is, is a lot more deep than some people think about when they just think, you know, I want women between 25 and 60 in my local area, you know, and it varies by business. Um, but I definitely do as much as I can to kind of handhold through that process and dive as deeply as possible to make sure we are going to create ads that resonate with your target audience. I love that. That's so important because it's not as simple as just putting yourself in front of the right people. It's putting yourself in front of the people who are searching the things that you're offering and who are in a place in their life where they're ready to invest and like all these other things that kind of play into almost like buyer psychology. Yeah, absolutely. One of the analogies I like to use with potential clients is, you know, imagine your ads were your employees. If you had a store on the street and somebody walked in, you wouldn't just have your sales associate say, where's your credit card? And yet how many ads you make an ad and immediately just says like shop now, put in your, all of your personal information. You really just, like you said, need to think about where is that buyer on their journey? Have they encountered your brand before? Um, you know, have they purchased from you before, et cetera? That stuff really matters for sure. So let's talk a little bit more about uh, this system that you have, your formula. On your website, I noticed you describe yourself as an ad architect. So what exactly is your, your architecture process, you know, following this initial consult? What are these kind of steps to building a successful advertising campaign? Yeah, and this goes back to a little bit like we talked about before about there being so much going on kind of behind the scenes that I think people don't realize that's required um, to kind of make a successful campaign. Um you know, that I think people take for granted. I, you know, I like to think of it as kind of architecting because it's sort of like building a house, you know, you have to think of the long term, you can't just think about like, well, what couch do I want to put in the house? Um, you know, your ad campaign is kind of like the house itself. Those audiences we talked about, you're trying to reach are all the rooms. And then, you know, the ads at the end of the day are just kind of like, yeah, that nice couch with the other interior design, you have to think about the whole big picture and how it's coming across. Um, each of these require planning individually, they need to be customized for your business, also for your objective. You know, the campaign that I would run for a coach launching a program is not the same as a product-based business and having Black Friday sales, for example. So, you know, it's easy to think about those specific ads, um, but it's more important to think about actually building the, the technical infrastructure behind the scenes to be successful for a campaign. So it, I think there's just so much more involved. To me, it really feels like building something that's going to be sustainable for a long-term marketing plan. Awesome. And also, I think being able to understand that these campaigns take time, right? Yes. And there's a study of analytics that goes into it. Like you said earlier, it's not just waving a magic wand or pressing a magic button. Um, you have to test different things, right? You have to test different subsets of ads. You have to see the results and you have to refine. So it's it's a process. Um, and I'm 
curious for you, how, how long does this process usually take before you start seeing results with your clients? Yeah, obviously it will vary from business to business, but I always recommend with clients putting in at least a three month um, uh, commitment. You know, I, I really like to have at least a full month in the beginning for that testing phase. Um, this can vary if, again, if you're someone like you, who if you've run ads in the past and you've got some of that data to start with, it's always helpful. Um, but exactly, it takes time. Uh, it, it is a process. And like I said, often there's so much that you think is going to work and then you try it. It just doesn't work. You need to start over. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think that's a big mistake a lot of people make is, you know, after a couple of days, it seems like my ads are falling flat. I turn everything off. And then where are you? You're, you're sort of back at square one. So there's there's nothing wrong. That's a big part of my process is testing and iterating, um, growing what works to scale and kind of, you know, just just rinse and repeat. I love that. Cause like we're all doing that in our businesses all the time anyway. Right. I think yeah. like people are extra sensitive to it when it comes to ads. Cause it feels like such a waste of money, but how often do we try something organic, see that it doesn't work and then try something new. And that's just part of the, the business building process. Um, for people who are like totally brand new to paid advertising, can you give a little bit of insight into what, like, is there like a rule of thumb for average budget and average length of time to run a campaign or some kind of like range you could give? I feel like some people, I just have absolutely like no concept of how much a paid advertising might cost for them. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, of course it is going to kind of vary widely based on your business, what you're trying to achieve and where you're advertising. You know, my main focus is Facebook and Instagram ads. And I do have kind of a calculator um, that I can use based on yeah, your business. If you kind of have already a sense of, you know, what it costs for you to make a sale and we can grow from there. Not everyone has that data though. And that's fine. My recommendation is always sort of an absolute minimum of $500 a month. Um, you know, for people, again, yeah, just to have kind of a basic number to start with, but you just kind of have to think about at the end of the day, you're buying data and the more you can spend sort of the, the faster and the better you can acquire that data. Um, and so when you think about how much you want to spend, sometimes they'll break it down by day, $5, $10 a day. You also need to think about how many different audiences are you trying to reach because your, your budget will be spread across those audiences. Um, so those are a few things to, to take into account, but yeah, it does sort of vary, but that's something I, I help clients with as well, based on the yeah, other objectives, what it typically costs them to make a sale, how much they're looking to spend. And we, we can always go from there. It's, it's entirely up to the business owner. You can spend whatever you like, of course. Um, but that's definitely something folks should keep in mind when they are trying to budget for their, for their marketing. So, yeah, it seems like there are a few major no-nos and I think Meg, you brought this up earlier too, about people who get into a desperate place and are like, I'm going to throw some ads out there and see if any of them get me my sale. But that's such a bad mentality too, because clearly you don't have enough data about your business yet. And, you know, if you're in an immediate desperate place where you need to make a sale, like ads take time, right. To, to build a thorough strategy, to understand what works and doesn't work. So a big no-no, it sounds like, is trying to do anything like impulsively or quickly is not going to get you the results you want, as well as maybe spending all of your, your budget too quickly. Um, you know, no matter if your budget is, you know, $50 to a couple thousand dollars, not spending it right off the bat, but stretching it out for a good amount of time to actually see results. What are 
some of like the other no-nos that you see people doing that you wish you could just shake them and (laughs) tell them to do differently? Uh, I would say the number one, um, particularly when it comes to Facebook ads um, that you will hear from any Facebook ads manager is stop boosting your posts. Uh, If you've ever been on Facebook and you've seen that little thing at the bottom that says, you know, you could reach a lot more people, promote this post. Um, I think a lot of people think that that's a Facebook ad. I mean, it costs money, right? Uh, You know, why is that not an ad? Um, The way that some of these platforms work is um, when you create an actual ad in the ads manager, you select the type of ad that you want, say it's for, um, you know, engagement or it's for sales. And then the platform will show that ad specifically to the people it thinks are most likely to take that action. When you are boosting a post, that does not happen. So if you want likes, if you want comments, that's fine. Boost your post. But if you're trying to make actual sales and you're not seeing results, that's probably why. So if if there's anything anyone takes away from this podcast, um, it's that. That's definitely a no-no. The other one we talked about is just turning off uh, ads too quickly. They do need time to work particularly if if you're just starting out, um, typically it can take even 48 hours for all of those changes you've made to take any effect. And so, you know, give it, give it three days, give it a week and then make an assessment. Um, but don't shut something off immediately just because you think it's not working because you're shutting off that data stream and you're just going to have to start over again. I would say those are probably the two biggest ones. I feel like as a consumer, I even like see that happening. Like I'll notice uh, like that I am... I'm maybe like an ideal client for someone who I'm friends with on Facebook or someone who I follow on Instagram and I'll see something come up as an ad for like a day and then it goes away. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm like, wait a second, like where did that, I guess I just never saw that again. Cause I feel like also as the consumer, you need time to go through your process to think about whether or not you're going to click on that. Yes. And this comes back to some of that sales psychology. Um, There are statistics out there that say now consumers with so much on the internet, that need to see an offer a minimum of five or seven times before they take action. Um, And that's kind of one of the pros of social media advertising is you can sort of set it and forget it. Once it's running, you know, it's there to to reach your target audience continually and stay top of mind for them more easily. Yeah. Let's think about like, I'm just brainstorming now that we've talked about like ads that we've seen in our feed. Um, I've seen ads that I'm like, I can tell right away. I'm like, this is a newer business owner and they have no idea what they're doing. And I've seen ads too, where I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It seems really, really elaborate. They've made a whole like video series to go along with it. What are like some techniques that you see Hillary that you really love to see companies using? So obviously everything's all about video now, um, as we've seen on Instagram and people migrating to reels, this is very successful. I think um, what's been really interesting, though, that I've seen in some kind of advertiser channels as people continue to test this out is, you know, overproduced is not always better, actually, in performance. People will test a really produced video versus, you know, the one that the business owner recorded on their couch talking about their product. And often that will perform even better. So, you know, one, this comes back to testing. Uh, But two, it also comes down to, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't always come down to to the biggest budget or, or don't feel like you have to invest so much in these, in these ads. Sometimes just being honest and authentic about your product and business is exactly what your target audience wants to see. So um, for sure, you obviously, again, because the internet is so oversaturated, you do want things that are eye-catching, 
Uh, but it also comes down to the copy, the messaging that goes along with that ad. Does it speak directly to your audience and where they are on their on their journey? And that's something too that you know you can test and and practice, and obviously that an expert can help you out with as well if you feel like that's not your strong suit. But it really is interesting to see kind of yeah what what does work and what doesn't at the end of the day. I think that's such an awesome point, and like what a nice, almost like relief for creators, because I know for me as a consumer, and I think people are kind of catching on to this. I scroll right by those ads that clearly look like ads. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes catch myself like liking or commenting on something that's an ad. And I didn't even realize it was an ad because it just fits right in my, in my newsfeed really nicely. I I could, I could have been following that person. I could have been friends with that person. um, Because I think that's what people like, that's kind of where we are. I think as Instagram and Facebook have like really pushed their own monetization, I think a lot of us are like almost overproduced ad averse. Yeah, I think that's totally fair for sure. It's definitely easy to, to feel overwhelmed and inundated by advertising. I was just talking about this with my partner the other day you know, we're trying to watch YouTube videos and ads are popping up. It's like every single platform ads are running. Um, So something that is underproduced and perhaps more relatable and approachable um, is easier to digest than something that looks like somebody spent thousands and thousands of dollars on it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Hillary, I'm curious. um, I'm curious, switching gears a little bit here, are can you tell us a little bit about like the behind the scenes of your business? Like, are you a one woman show? Do you have a team? What has it been like? You said your business is fairly new. What has it been like growing your business sort of through a pandemic? Yeah, I am a one woman show. Um, it's, you know, I think I saw it was like a funny reel the other day or something when business owners are online saying, you know, like we and our, our customer service team, it's just me, right? Everyone means it's just me most of the time. Um, but I think something that's really helped me, um, you know, getting off the ground and also, yeah, during the pandemic when it's such a weird environment, is kind of finding um, a community online. Um, you know, I've been able to connect with a lot of other specifically sort of done for you service providers uh, also in this online space and kind of, you know, learn side by side uh, what kind of works and doesn't and people's lessons learned. And that's made a huge difference just to kind of have a community of people to bounce ideas off of and, you know, make suggestions and ask questions in a safe space. Um, and that's been super helpful. So I'm really interested to see, you know, as the world returns to normal, how or if that changes or if this is kind of the new normal and, and more people are kind of forming communities that way. I love that. Community is so important. Like entrepreneurship can feel like an island. Amanda and I talk about this all the time. It can feel like such an island until you find your other people who are doing similar things because it is a totally different game. It really is. And it's changed the nature of the way that a lot of us work too. Meg and I have talked a lot about how we've had to pivot and perhaps change the, the methodologies in the way in which we're reaching people and communicating with them in order to market our services. It's just, it's an odd time. People's energies are changing day by day. You know, there's months where it's like, everybody seems like they're ready to kick things into high gear and invest and make big moves in their businesses. And then there's times where it's like, everyone's just feeling super low and undercharged and doesn't want to do much of anything. So uh, a lot of it has been, I think, for us on our side, going with the flow, uh, listening to our community and, and 
really trying to understand what they're needing at this certain moment in time. And I'm, I'm sure it's the same, been the same for you as you're, you're finding your community and also your, your client base. Yeah, I, I feel that so strongly in terms of kind of the highs and lows. And, you know, again, with this community that I participate in, often, you know, we will sort of just like Slack message each other and everyone's just kind of having like low energy week and then things kind of pick up again. And you're right, I think customers and clients are the same way. And, you know, it's just really refreshing, though. I think, you know, one thing with the pandemic is just now I feel like the barriers to entry for business are much lower. I mean, everything is online. I feel like everything is at everyone's fingertips. We're not expected to yeah, be be in, be out and doing so much more as we might have before. So again, yeah, it's just really interesting to see, you know, how and if things will, will pivot again. Yeah. The the highs and the lows of entrepreneurship are very real. And the pandemic, I feel like threw in such a curveball to all of that. So mindset is so huge when running a business and knowing that like those external factors, those highs and those lows often have nothing to do with you, right? Like one week, and I'm sure you can see this with ads, honestly, like ad data, like one week, people are like ready to roll, clicking on stuff, ready to invest other weeks everyone universally is like, uh, I'm done. I'm done with Facebook, <laughs> Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally true. <laughs> Hillary, can you tell us where our listeners can find you online and if they want to check out your services and we'll be sure to link everything down in the show notes for you. Yeah, absolutely. The easiest way is probably just on Instagram. Um, my handle is at Wesley James marketing, all one word. Um, you can send me a message there or download my service guide. Um, and then also online, uh, wesleyjamesmarketing.com. Hillary, thanks for being on here with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to chat with you. You as well. It's been so much fun talking through all of this. If you love this episode and you're just getting started on your business journey, Download our free influencer starter kit at theintentionalinfluencer.com. You can also sign up for our email alerts or follow us on social media to stay up to date with new offers, exclusive launches, and free events. And last but not least, no matter what season you're in, remember that your story matters and your influence has the power to impact others. Keep going. We believe in you. 